I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, we've reached number 20 in the top 40 episodes of all time countdown. This episode is... It's a dark topic, but the guests managed to keep it fairly as light as you could, talking about something pretty dark, and she talks about how she has kept her life a little lighter and managed her trauma about it as well in here, but uh, a very interesting conversation with Amber Dawn Lee. She's a comedian out here in L.A., and uh, we talk about her growing up in a polygamous Mormon sex cult, so... What else is there to say? You know, it's fucking wild. You're going to go on a wild ride. Some of you already know that. That's why it's made it to the top 20. For those of you hearing it for the first time, strap in. It is a crazy story. Anyways, uh, I'm not going to waste any more of your time because I know you want to get into this one and hear all the the juicy things that we learned. Juicy is definitely not the right word for this. Oh, God. Anyway, episode number 20, surviving a polygamous Mormon sex cult with Amber Donnelly. Hello, idiots. That's what I call my fans. It's a weird thing. Oh, sure. Um, I am here. <laughs> it's what I call society. Yeah. Um, I'm here with Amber Donnelly. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I mean, where do we start? We met a few years ago. Yeah, we were just talking about this. We met at a show that Samantha Hill did. Um, yeah, great comedian. She'll be on the podcast soon as well. Yeah, and... Uh, she actually got me over the hill. I'm in the valley now, so now she got me over oh, the hill. I'm very proud of her for that. Oh, yes. my God. Once you get over here, you're like, oh, this is pretty great. Why did yeah, I why? resist the valley? Why? Do, yeah, and, and also, why do I resist leaving the house? It's actually kind of fun in the real world. Oh, you know? I know. Like, That's so, it's, social anxiety is so fucking hard because it's just like, yeah, it's almost like mentally as if your door is so heavy you can't leave you know what i mean and then what's so weird is there's nothing at all that i'm actually afraid of no it's just that that what's the worst thing that could happen is what yeah that's i get the same (laughs) way too where i don't even have a specific thing that i'm worried about i'm just like uh they're gonna see me and they're gonna say that's the girl that doesn't have a whole bunch of instagram followers i know they're like (laughs) she's not as famous as this other person and then they won't look at me (laughs) yeah uh i mean truly a nightmare in this town sometimes it is it is that's the one thing i do love about doing the road is you get a break from la yeah and then as much as i'm like oh i should be back in la you're supposed to be around or whatever but there's that panic feeling of i'm supposed to be back in la because the week that i'm gone something's gonna happen that'll be the one that's how it feels is that it's and there's been times when i have been out doing something you know in a different city or state and then i'll get the call there's an audition I have. And I'm like, you've got to be with the amount of time that goes by with nothing yeah, when I'm in town. Exactly. And then I'm like, like a, a year is what I'm talking like yes. I will go a year without a single audition or anything. Yeah. And then the one day I leave, it's like, OK, the next morning. OK, we got to do something. The moment you're gone, it's like someone hits you up. I've been hit up for like, yeah. Big auditions. Maybe we should start leaving more often. I mean, I yeah. should. Well, you you leave a lot. I know. I probably leave too much. Abandonment. I mean, <laughs> I'm a leaver. Are you a leaver? Okay, let's just dive in a little and yes. just talk about your story because 
I kind of, for the people who have, who follow my Facebook group and stuff, I kind of prep them by just being like fundamentalist Mormon. And I threw out Zion society and some of them were like, Whoa, you know, but but I want to talk about your story a little. So how did you end up in a religion? Well, let's just talk about the, uh, first of all, you know, some people, they might not know that a fundamental polygamist is basically it's a guy that is married to more than one wife and <laughs> most, yeah. And most of the time it's to, you know, they marry very young because they don't have, they don't follow the laws of the land. They follow what they feel are the, like the laws of God of God. Yeah. Oh, so are there men marrying like underage? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, like really? Underage yes. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. How like, do- and then they're not, they're not legal weddings either. So just like, you know, when you're watching, um, uh, one of the shows on, on TV now about the polygamists, it's like, oh, they're, yeah. they're like spiritually married. So, so there's no legal rights right. to anything. Exactly. So I mean, if the man dies, the women are yeah. fucked. You can't go to court. I was spiritually married to him too. No, but I'm the legal wife. I get everything. Yeah, there's it's no like, spiritual alimony. Right. <laughs> right. Fucked. It's just like uh, Cody Brown from the uh, Sister Wife's show. He divorced his first wife and he married another wife just so that she could get benefits for her kids. It's like, Whoa. and he did, even did that on TV. So that's what was going on in the groups like like on a huge scale like just huge welfare fraud okay but wow. i don't know why i went off into the fraud already well, i mean yeah i mean let's get got... back to the weird crazy well, stuff were you <laughs> born into a mormon family no i was actually born to a uh, a hippie mom okay and she was an alcoholic and she um sound she familiar. was friends with some people at a head shop and she basically you know, traded me for for a pipe at the head shop. Wow. Yeah. You're like, not even a high-end bong, mother? I know. I'm like, I am definitely worth a bong, but... (laughs) Like you, like you were saying though, I use a, a bong as an umbilical cord. That's her umbilical so... cord was my bong when I was, you know. Yeah, you were just getting all of her, getting all of it. Yeah. Wow. So that's like a deep. I mean, I so, have. We're like up top with the <laughs> yeah. abandonment issues. High five. Yes. <laughs> but man, how old were you? Like I a, was about six weeks old. Okay. Yeah. So I was a baby. So and, you don't and, have a memory of that incident. No, I don't. But I have. Um, you know, that's still that need. Like, where is she? Why did she leave? Of course. And and especially, you know, it was a head shop. Yeah. You know. That's such a <laughs> random. So what happened? So she th- then the she went and she robbed a bank. <laughs> Crazy. You know. Well, like, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, <laughs> girls got to work. I guess it's like, you know, I got to. What else is a, can't you know? have this baby ruining my bank robbery. I know. And I was, you know, affecting the lifestyle. So she left me at a head shop and uh, <laughs> traded me, you know, traded me again. So she went off and robbed the bank, and went to prison. And the people at the head shop, they decided, well, they might as well just raise me. So she just left and they were like, well, I guess. So, yeah, they saw Did her. Did she leave you like, hey, we, can you babysit can her? Can you watch her for a while? It okay. wasn't It wasn't like a, a one day, two days. Like just an extended stay because I've got to figure some things out. And they were like kind people. They were like, uh, well, cool. Like, you know, I guess, you know, a baby is good for business. Yeah. People love talk. babies. Yeah. You know, makes us the customer friendly. The customers can hold, you know, hold me as they smoke a pipe, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> great. pipe and. You're just like I part like, of the ambiance. Yeah, I mean, my pampers smelled like nag champa. <laughs> 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 I knew how to smoke before I could walk, but you oh, know. I mean, you know. Yeah. Damn. And people wonder why I'm an artist. <laughs> like, I mean, it would be you. With the, sometimes when you hear people's lifestyles like this, you go like, 
It'd be really crazy if you had a corporate job and you were just yeah falling in line with like the nine to five. Oh, I do that. I, I used to work in the corporate world um, oh. during the buffet hour at the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so. somebody's got to get that nine to five. So the Mormon missionaries, which are the mainstream Mormons, they are not like the reg- the fundamental. These are like the elders. People. These are like short sleeve tie yeah. kids on bicycles yeah. who knock on your door and want to be you know uh, who go and. Um, Book go on missions and you know yeah. they teach the gospel and um are absolutely not gay yeah, sort of like <laughs> a former guest oh. yeah exactly. I said that before the, yeah uh, set. i was listening to your the podcast here about your former guest i don't what was his name seth seth yeah Lawrence. talking about the mormon religion i think i have alzheimer's yeah okay seth, well, yeah he was talking about the mormon religion and i was just so fascinated that how he how he talked he would say the most outrageous, insane things, but then he would say words like, okay, and then jo- golly, and gee, you know, you know, that's right, and oh, you betcha. And like, he would just like, you know. Yeah, I, he was like so sweet. A 14-year-old, you know, who decided that there was going to, you know, that these golden plates that were that came over on a little boat from, you know, this was way before Columbus and everybody else. I mean, they're, it's all confusing. Like, so Jesus, after he died, he came to America. It's what? like, for what? <laughs> Yeah, and then an angel came to this 14-year-old and only had eight witnesses that were all his closest buddies. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all fishy. When it was, <laughs> that's a hard thing about trying to, I don't want to call it interrogating, but I, that's what I do a little bit with some of my interviews. But with someone, You should. He's so friendly, because like, usually I'd be like, that sounds like bullshit. You're like, so when you're at home at night, do you move, you know, you open your little strap with your garments and stick your dick in through oh, her the, little slit hole garments. The garments. You kept ask, asking, you were like, what about the magic underwear? The magic underwear. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go back to the magic underwear, but just to finish answering your question, that's how we got into the cult. We first went into like mainstream Mormonism and okay. found a crazy in that religion that went kind of off board. And then we left the church and went off board with, with, okay. So you guys started yeah. in just the mainstream Mormons, which I feel like as far as any religions go, in my opinion, it's, it's not that much crazier than all the other. Uh, there was a burning bush in the old I Testament. Know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I mean, I, could I was roll eaten my up by a well and then I was, you know, spit out. <laughs> yeah. No. So it, like, to me, it's I mean, I laugh at all of it, but it's funny to me the idea of like a generic, you know, Protestant Christian being like these Mormons. And it's like, oh, but the guy on the cross who came from behind the rock is real. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's all yeah. insane. This is all. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And. And then, you know, when you're in a fundamental cult, they come up with the weirdest things that you have to do. Like, we weren't allowed to cut our hair, you know, just in case, like, Jesus stopped by, you know, we could wash his feet with our hair and things like that. (laughs) It's like we lived in a cul-de-sac in Ogden, Utah, like, you know, because we moved, you know, from the head shop in Texas. I moved around a whole lot. It's kind of like a crazy, interesting thing about, you know, I kept getting new families. I guess, like, getting a new family runs in my family. That's so funny. <laughs> Wait, so the headshot people joined the Mormon religion? They, they joined the mainstream Mormons. They met a woman named Helen. And Helen started doing like the deep-rooted Mormon study. Now, if you study the deep Mormon religion, yeah. the same one that the sweet little guy, Seth, uh, comedian, yeah. I haven't met him yet. And I, if you're listening to this, Seth, nice to meet you. I'm sure you're <laughs> cool. But... <laughs> 
Um, it's just crazy. It is insanity though. Yeah. Well, it's also like given your experience, I could get why like, well, no, because I've been bringing up Mormonism. You're like, okay, (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts, but we were mainstream Mormons long before we were regular, you know, before it got super weird. So like like, I was already a preteen. Okay. So you were just like, I mean, yeah, we can't have caffeine and that sucks, but like overall, I guess everything's fine. I have this whole thing about like, um, we weren't allowed to drink Coca-Cola. So my dad coming from the head shop, my new, you know, head shop dad. So he went out and he bought near beer cause he used to drink a lot of beer. That's and so, so funny. like as kids, we weren't allowed to have Coca-Cola. So we would just walk around the neighborhood drinking near beer. Just like, <laughs> like non-alcoholic, like that non-alcoholic beer, like that, like knockoff yeah, Milwaukee's like, yeah. like best or whatever. Like, you know, knock off Coors Light. <laughs> yes. That's so Coors funny. Light probably would be the same thing. It's like, so I mean, watery it's but practically yeah. not beer yeah exactly it's practically not beer except for that one lonely night in the Hobbs, new mexico when it really was a lot of beer you and me both sister <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh oh, the memories and the blackouts <laughs> i mean the lack of memories is my biggest thing i'm like boy i yeah. bet that was a fun time but yeah. i don't know yeah um oh so you were like pre-teens you said when yeah you, and up to that point you had been a yeah. run-of-the-mill regular Mormon. Did you have a lot of siblings? Um, well, they had um, the head shop family had their own siblings, and so I did have sisters and a brother, and I, you know, and they were like, you know, sweet cherubs, and I was always like, you know, my halo's dirty. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like <laughs> but, I'm uh, like, just my kid that was dirty, left yeah. on the doorstep. Yeah, but the problem is with uh, me and and my family is we started off on one belief and it's like this is the way it is and you kids can't do this and you kids can't do that because this is what the bible book of mormon says and then all of a sudden it's like okay wait everything's changed now this is the new way it is you know and here's That's a new prophet and he's saying this and because the new truth is this way because the mormons stopped practicing polygamy because they wanted to make like utah a state and you know follow the laws of the land yeah they wanted so that to they be included in the benefits and get tax per you know yeah. things and be a religion yeah and they could not keep promoting polygamy and and get the tax benefits right Whoa. they'd already been kicked out of um you know other states and that's why they're all pushed to utah in the first place you know they call it like the, the yeah, saints that is, and like the all... pioneers they tracking across the west it's like because they were kicked out of like missouri everyone's like get out of here you weirdos get the fuck out of here Stop we already have a religion yeah oh yeah i know that your little 14 year old who saw visions and pillars of light you know when he was out in the forest by himself you know like so now we've got to listen to him yeah give me one second i'm gonna pause that so we had to pause it because there was an airplane, which... She calls it an airplane. I called it a rumbling of God. It felt like the earth moved. I mean, literally, <laughs> when you said that, I was like... I mean, it was just so funny. But the idea that we're like, yeah, it's all bullshit. And then you yeah. just hear this thunder. There's like, no such thing. Oh, my God. We're being smited. That's the scary thing, too, is like if you leave a cult or a religion of any kind, you know, you're always like, wait. I hope to God they weren't right. I know they're crazy and everything they say is so like, But wacky. what if that is what you're but supposed to do? But what if, like, that really is it? Because life is crazy. Yeah, I mean, mm. who knows? And it's yeah. also like, if there is a God, who knows what kind of weird rules he has? Or like, what? Yeah. I know, because there always is that. No, I don't think anyone is ever 100% sure. I know. Every, and everybody has their own interpretation of, like, what each thing means. And the thing that I think is funny is, like, okay, so some some dudes wrote, these books and now they're scriptures yeah like it's just a book that got published yeah and then we decided to make that like 
the that, truth, and that, yeah. So the but, way <laughs> and the why I think it's so funny is because these fundamental cults they would make uh, things and they would publish them and like print them out and hand them to the small little group and it's like okay, well the prophet said this now this is the new truth and people go like well it's what the prophet said. You, did you not read what he said? Well, yes, I read it and. <laughs> I didn't. That doesn't mean it's true, you know. And, and you're like, who is the prophet? Staples? Where yes, do you keep getting these new yeah. rules? The prophet. He did a spin wheel to see what color looked best on me for fashion. It landed on peach. That's how I knew he was not a real prophet because peach is not my color <laughs> <laughs> at all. You're like a real prophet would have known better. A, a real prophet would have put me in red. He wouldn't have washed me out like this. <laughs> yes, he would have let me wear a little more makeup. <laughs> I know. The prophet would want me to be hot. Exactly. Gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, what are some of the adjustments, like, rule-wise and stuff that, well, like, immediately happened when you made this well, shift? Well, I, I got beat up right away as soon as I got into foster care because... Really? Well... Wait, I'm, so you were yeah. with, like, foster care with another family? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened is the cult um, was broken up when I was a preteen. Oh, okay. And the FBI came in and they raided the place and all of the adults went to prison. Okay. And my headshot parents, they had already left me there in the cult. They had just left you. Yeah. Because like they were like, well, the oh, prophet said I, yeah, the prophet said I could stay until I was 18. So I still had time. <laughs> oh, like you could still, oh, of course. I mean, did. I hate to brag, but I was really a really pretty kid. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Well, we don't have to go into cold stuff if you're not comfortable. With, oh, like, I'm what totally comfortable. It's me like holding my cross, you know, gangsters moves here. Like, oh, I'm protecting myself with my moves. So your parents are like, let's join this cult. And then what? The man in charge was like, you ugly old people are good to go. Well, (laughs) I know. My dad actually hot kids. Yeah. Basically, we all lived there. And then my dad started causing problems. um, And, you know, he didn't bring a whole lot of value to the group. Mm. But we I had sisters and a mom. So he's like, "Okay, you guys are kicked out. But uh you know the kids can stay and then my other sisters are like no we want it we're gonna go with my mom and dad and i'm like i'm staying oh because you were like i wanted to stay i was like hell yes i'm staying. i have friends i can hang out with you're like the prophet likes me the prophet you know i could i i swear he was paying attention to me i mean i know (laughs) i'm a chosen one um and i am you know like worthy of the truth (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, I had a very important job to do there. I was like meditating with ghosts in a room and writing down messages from them. You know, I had things to do. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm important here. I'm important. I'm going to go to heaven if I stay. But I, you know, I, I was still like, God, that's such a vulnerable age. Yeah. But I was also still like manipulative in my own way. I was like, I'm here in this group, but I, I just need to like figure it out. Like, okay, so if I'm going to be in the group, I should probably be with the prophet because he's probably going to go to the highest kingdom and it's still it's so just, you like in the mindset of this is this all this stuff is true how can i like work network my way network into my being, way into being on a, like god's like yes i was fucking that's hustling so to get to god that's great i was hustling the prophet in the cult yeah. <laughs> you're like just i'm like, gonna be the prophet one yeah, of just these just like Lo was in the movie except for <laughs> i'm trying to get my way to heaven she just did a stripper movie for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know j-lo oh yeah Hus- like literally Hustlers. Hustlers. yeah I was just, you know, so you were just like, oh, if I hustling for the celestial kingdom, (laughs) (laughs) my God. Okay. So how many, how long after your parents left and you were, so were you in foster care? Were you just sort of like among the families? Like I was among the families designated to a family or you just, they did put me in with like the uh, prophet's wife's family. So it was like, there were several houses in a cul-de-sac and I lived in a house across the street from where the prophet lived. Okay. But um, they have multiple wives. 
Oh, yeah. He had several wives. And I was, like, supposed to be a wife, you know, you when primed. I got older. Oh, yeah. I was in charge of lingerie shows. I would, you know, like, sew lingerie um, with the kids. They did lingerie shows. And we would do lingerie shows for, like, local strippers who would come and buy the lingerie. And we would try to talk them into joining, joining and, you know, finding God. And that's basically were, a way to find broken people. They're like, ooh, I mean, people who are lost. That's so many religions and cults especially get people who are like down and but, they just need something to believe in. You know, but here's what's funny is I was the little girl in the cult that was doing like the dancing, looking at the stripper like I want to be like her someday. She's so in cool. the outside world. And guess what? I was just like her someday. Really? <laughs> like, oh, soon oh as I the made FBI it. came. You're like, I was I'm on going that to stage. <laughs> I was on that pole. <laughs> How old were you when they when the FBI I was 15, almost 16, and then I went into foster care, and then there I went through 10 different foster homes, Fuck, and foster a group care home, in a group home, and in the group home is when I got beat up, um, because I was dressed like Holly Hobby, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was dressed like Holly Hobby, I, I I would talk to some, like another girl's boyfriend or something, and they'd be like, that's my boyfriend, I'm like, yeah, no, but well, once we're all in heaven, it's, we're going to be sharing anyway, you know, like, <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you talking me? Like, about? Are, give me, a, you know, you can't have these selfish feelings, <laughs> and <laughs> so did you still have, like, your religious beliefs? But yeah, because I just came out, and then, so I, you didn't, like, it didn't occur to you that, like, any of that was, like, and here's what the worst up, thing I did is, with you. I had this, like, beautiful, um, foster girl that was was my bunk mate and she was above me and she was a, a beautiful black woman or girl i guess i should say black girl she was like 15 and from all of my fo- the bullshit that i was taught i told her i was like you know i really like you and and when we're when i go to heaven you can be a slave in heaven in my planet <laughs> <laughs> you can be a slave in heaven <laughs> on my planet <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was the normal one. She looked at me. He's like, "You fucking crazy." I'm like, "No, I mean, like, I'm saying, like, I want you to come and be on heaven in heaven with me." You're like, I'm trying to help. You. I'm trying to help you. I'm saying, I'm you trying to, be- to help you by making you my slave. <laughs> yes, oh I would be. I would be so nice to you. I'm like, I'll make sure no one hurts it's you. It's heaven. Nobody's gonna beat you. Yeah, that doesn't. They don't beat in slaves in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> only here on earth. Oh, yeah. But you're not a slave now, but you can't get into heaven without being a ridiculous thing because I'm like the most non-prejudiced person ever. Of course. But it then was I'm just, just sitting naive. there saying that and I'm just like, and she's like, pow. <laughs> like, she just fucking Yeah. She taught me how to be very non-prejudiced very quick. <laughs> you're like, oh, you Ow. just wake up and you're like, everything I've learned Ow, I have some things to learn. <laughs> Man. Yeah. How? Okay. So adjusting from... Do you have a lot of like, do, do you have a lot of stuff from the time you were in the cult that is like suppressed that you don't even. I'm um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, was there a time? Cause it sounds like for a little while, at least after you kind of still had the religious beliefs and you're like, Oh, was there ever a time where it really like dawned on you that like, Oh, that like the things that were super real? fucked up. <laughs> You know what's funny is it wasn't until much later, even after I had left the group and and, you know, started implementing myself into the real world after foster care. After I, you know, turned 17, I ran away. I got Did you become like those dancers. Yeah, I became just like those, you know, 
slutty dancers. And, and I know where you to know, buy all the best out, lingerie. Strung out and everything. And I, yeah, oh, uh, and I sewed my own lingerie. I was, you know, and hey, I already knew how to strip. You had the skills. I, mean, I was like, you know, I've been taught how to seduce from the time I was like, you know, a kid. That was like part of the, I mean, soul, I did right? it with a flick flip book. You know how like they teach ge- uh, geishas like here, you have to learn how to do this. I mean, I had a flip book of how to seduce like when I'm going through like a test when I'm a kid, you know? Wow. So it was yeah. like just this prophet and male figures like grooming girls to be it was an absolute grooming of how to seduce how to seduce how to just be a man's pleasure a man. person yes like how to be a whole <laughs> yes yeah how to seduce how to a be man. a sweet pile of holes yeah and it was like about everything that had to do with it including like w- everything that they would want sexually to the lingerie to and en- you know the environment the to food, the music the- to the smell, to the, I mean oh, everything. Oh, I just went to like life, and I'm like, oh, we're still just only talking about the seduction. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, all mind. of that, and he, they would teach it to like the women, like as a group, and it, and as if that was part of the scripture type of thing. That it was because this is what God yeah, wants. This is what God wants because um, you know he's a prophet, and he has a lot of things to do. And I'm like a kid, and he's the prophet was Arvind Shreve, and he was at that time about like sixty something years old. Oh, yeah, and I'm like a preteen. So I'm thinking I wanted to like, uh, you know, I'd never even like been with guys or anything. I was like, I wanted to make out with this guy that uh, I grew up with, Eric Lithgow. Where are you, Eric? Where are you, Eric? I know you're on my Facebook. Everybody's going to run to Facebook and say, who's Eric? <laughs> Do not talk to Eric, please. <laughs> he didn't He didn't get well. Yes, he's uh, Helen's son, actually. Oh. So I was raised around him. Yeah, uh, so it's of course you have. But he also had a sister named, yeah, a sister. We don't need to name the names. So <laughs> <laughs> I can bleep that out too. Yeah. At the time, 23. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. oops, don't sue me. Um, Wow. Okay. So like just so lots of. I would, they would teach the, the younger teenage girls and preteens how to like sexually satisfy each other so that they could take care of each other and not feel a lack of because there's only one man to satisfy all those women. And it's just so hard for him. Yes. And he's, you know, when he looks like a Was fat it just one gardener, guy? he's like, for each, you know, for like each group of women. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he so was like just one group. Figure. What happened to like young men? Like, like yeah. that kid that you said you had they a crush call on? They the lost boys because basically once men hit a certain age, about like 12 or 13, when they started getting around that age, they, um, kind of just like kick them out of the group and they're just like out on the freeways and out in the world and they just, do yeah they're like good luck out there yeah and then if they come back later as adults you know righteous and pure whatever like ready to commit to the group they can then and wow. take a couple of wives and but as long as they're like competition to the very young women ah then that's not gonna fly then that's not oh yeah because the fat old guys need yeah did yeah. was there like a pecking order with the men like did i assume the prophet well the prophet's like, at the top dibs? yeah well why else would i want to be with the prophet <laughs> like, yeah i'm just trying to get the best spot in heaven. yeah i just that's exactly it i wanted to be in the vip in heaven wow so they're like really psychologically getting in your head and like oh, they were making you think that like this is the th- like fucking making a young girl be like this is what i want to do so i can yeah. get into heaven that is who buddy yeah and What's funny I'm is like we, we couldn't even have our own heaven. It's like oh, we're gonna get to be able to share heaven in he- in his heaven, doing his rules, which we're creating a heaven on earth. And so w- I'm in heaven already. Apparently, it's just gonna be just like this. And this sucks. I was You're like, like well, that you know. sounds like hell. Yeah, it was, and it was ridiculous. But everything on the outside was 
very superficially a facade of beauty. Like, because he was a landscaper, our lawns and, and everything, I mean, it was beautiful. It was immaculate. It was like Stepford Wives. So every it was day. this whole neighborhood, like neighborhood? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, it was like a neighborhood. And everything was Everybody just... was dressed to, like, perfection. Every morning, it was part of, like, my list of to-dos, you know, that I had to do was wow. to get up, like, to fix my hair, was fix, like, makeup or to do with, you know, and put on the outfit with it which was a dress every day yeah and you know just look curled hair the little you I were ready for pretty funny hair. women shows yes <laughs> i was already dressed and ready for my stand-up <laughs> oh so it was like just a whole routine every day every morning and, and then you know okay today i have to help like you know these girls don and jody i have to curl those two girls hair okay they there they are okay what style do you want pick a style and you know just every day and then so did you guys go to school no no it was you were cut off my parents uh the headshot parents before i even got to the cult took me out of school in the third grade really because they didn't want me to be influenced by like evil teachers you know oh like people and and children you know children yeah, <laughs> those other kids people in third who will grade. tell you other opinions and they yeah. don't want you to hear them like that people go to the moon they say things like that in school that's crazy yeah. i know <laughs> i know They're like i mean what if they start and, talking and about that evolution? women should have an education and learn and oh. that i probably should learn mathematics and and science wow it's isn't it crazy that people don't believe in science oh wait that's how it is today yeah huh well, it's like wow there's still people. i have a third grade education and i can believe in climate change hello people Ah, <laughs> uh, what a soundbite <laughs> i mean my, i mean the people who are still denying climate change it's like do you not have eyes like what do you that you don't think something it's going so on? and that's where i can understand like in being indoctrinated into a belief system because i hear people say the same things on facebook like they will repeat answers that somebody else has already said yeah they're just regurgitating yeah information. Well, oh yeah but what about obama this obama we're look we're, we're talking about here today now and kangaroos let's start you yeah know, like like You're like what are you bringing nothing up? else matters right okay like the past yeah <sighs> okay so. so how old were you when um when it got rated uh 17 no 16 16 so you already I was going to say almost out, but I guess you probably weren't going to go anywhere if it hadn't been. No, I was I would not have gone anywhere. No, we don't go off to college or any. We couldn't even go to like the fabric store without having like two or three people at a time. And me, I was like deemed a rebellious soul. So (laughs) she's a runner. Yeah, we got a runner. (laughs) Yeah. Were there people who were like super devout in it and just. Well, yes. And everybody. If you if they weren't devout, you wouldn't know about it because everybody would like want to tell on the person to try to help them. Yeah. So nobody's going to say that they're not devoted because I remember telling Laura, I guess there's her name. (laughs) It doesn't matter. No last names. No last name. Yeah. I told her, like you know, um, some curse words, something. and, And she like stabbed me with like a little pencil. And we were kids. It's like because she wanted to do what's right. You know, <laughs> she stabbed you yeah. because you said a bad word. Yeah, because I cursed. Oh, the logic. I know. So she said, "Yeah, it was like, what ofs." <laughs> How we're still friends that? today, though. I mean, I you have to be. You're like trauma bonded. It is, that's right? exactly what it is. It's total trauma bonding, and it's so strange. And it's so like weird. boot camp for children in a terribly different way. Yeah, it's it is. It's like I went to band camp and never came back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
people you said they were asking mostly about like the transition what do you well, do like, what, yeah. what do you do when you leave a cult that's yeah, the challenge what is the challenge like how do you adjust okay so for me i went into stripping into dancing where did you go like where like you said I went you still into in foster Ogden? care i went to foster care in new mexico because okay. that was the last location of the headshot parents ah. and they didn't know where they they had gone but okay. that was the last location that had any paper trail on them but they were like off the grid hippies so they just were long gone they were in actually shit. they were in portland oregon at the time so wow. they just left me in this uh state program so it was basically like um you know the states were my parents i had new mexico was my mom and utah was my dad <laughs> Fun. and yeah and mom got most of the custody of me but then i still would get a little few benefits from you know the state of utah so <laughs> fuck yeah so i just went directly hardcore into drugs and stripping and and just went you know so nobody tried to like spiral put you into like some type of therapy or well, they did, but I didn't. Have, but you were like, I mean, oh, I, I'm trying to explain to the therapist that she doesn't understand her way to heaven. It was just like too much. Yeah, because you time. were so yeah. indoctrinated into this. And, you know, I, I actually think that being like thrown into what could have been the worst place, place, which is a strip club, was the best thing for me because that will straighten you up into what's the real world. You know, I mean, quick. You, it's you, the underworld of society but it's the real world but you're i mean you're gonna meet people who will tell you like it is oh and yeah and don't fuck and you around. learn quick and you learn you because these women that would sit in the dressing rooms would get so connected that and it's like trauma bonding like again but they're all yeah, it's they're like, like dancer bonding yeah you have a and, and it's the same thing all over again you have a whole bunch of sisters and you have like a a mom there that's going to take care of you you wow. know the house mom so you have a family dynamic once again and it's the same dynamic I had my whole life. So I get to go out and I get to perform and look really pretty and beautiful. And, and you'd already been set up for that because yeah. of this cult. Yeah. Or it's like I was um, society made to <laughs> made to do it. The biggest problem is then you start getting older and for living in, in living in L.A. and yeah. living in uh, the entertainment industry as I ha have been for, you know, 15 years. It's like it's a real challenge and that's the biggest thing is when you're in a certain group they will put your value on one thing or another and once that one thing or another goes away they're like mm, then you're not and if, yeah. if that's also what you've been taught to value then yeah then, then it makes you it a lot harder explored all these other things that are probably you know amazing about you yeah but you've if you're told your whole life like and so many women it's gotten better overall i think mm -hmm. for modern society but like are told still told like well what you look like is all that matters yeah it is and it sounds obviously it was like a, a higher for degree sure for you going yeah. from i mean that situation and in that situation it was taught too just about you know keeping everything on the outside looking really good because you don't want them to see you what's going on in the inside yeah the problem was as i got out into the real world and i just like cracked and fell apart all over the stage you know oh my and gosh. Then I did, you know, all of the drugs and the overdoses and the suicide, you know, attempts and yeah. suicidal ideation and, you know, mental health care, like I was of talking course. about with that. And then um, acting and then, sorry, I made my own film and then um, I wrote the musical and started doing that. And now oh, I'm yeah. get, I got a late start to comedy because... I've been told my whole life just to shut up and just and be seen and not still, heard. Be yeah. You just still, please, you know, be reverent, sit still, be quiet. And the polygamy part of my life, it wasn't something I really wanted to like 
out there and then i was well, like because it's like a weird also it's weird i don't want to be the polygamous girl well <laughs> that's the hard thing about comedy too is that people if you try if you focus on something specific in your life people want to boil you down to that mm-hmm. and i go through that all the time of like i don't want to be the depression girl or like i don't want to be yeah. a girl that was left in a waffle house right or like that's not me it's the like the anal girl like yeah it's because uh, obviously there's so much to every person but people hear a thing and they're like <gasps> that's her oh, thing that's, yeah and we, I mean, I literally did it by having you on this podcast to talk about it. Yeah. But. And it's the reason that I've got on other podcasts too. And it's not um, just because, you know, it's not because of the comedy that I've done, the podcast that I have. It's like the comedy shows, the comedy, people aren't calling me to go on the news, but they are asking me to go and talk about things for the cult. So the, what I wanted to do is find a way to talk about what's really going on on the inside of these groups in a way where people can hear it because it's so traumatizing that people can't hear it. And they all want to know, like, did you, were you raped? And I, so the answer is yes, I was raped by the prophet. And was I traumatized? Did over you hear it? that? The number one guy. Yeah. The kidding. top, very sorry, the guy that's top. going to the celestial kingdom. <laughs> I could not get any more, anybody you well know, at that uh, age you know you it's like, well, he did tell me to be fair that, you know, in heaven, he's going to have a cape and a sword. <laughs> And he's gonna look, <laughs> and he's gonna look just like Brad Pitt, and and you know, like at, at Comic Con. I'm gonna it's be gonna hot <laughs> in heaven and what? have a six pack and be young, and so I would like so try what to a imagine like for oh, you. Yes, uh, it's a test on Earth. I'm just, so sorry you went through that. I'd be like thinking to myself like I'm like Beauty and the Beast. But <laughs> I mean, what a. But the trauma about about that did not happen to me in the way that a lot of people think it did. My trauma is started long before the call it started with my parents and their abuse it yeah. started with being abandoned at abandoned. a head shop and it's and it was the process of like one little thing after another little thing after another little thing and all of those things you know have pushed me over the edge to the point of where i did go and seek therapy on my own and later as an adult yeah. and i've been in therapy for over 10 years yeah and i'm still fucking crazy i was gonna but, ask. yeah but I have good happy days, you know, and I have a really good life, you know, yeah, they ask what I do for a living now. And I mean, I tell them the truth is that I do my husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, Well, yeah, no, I think that the longer, if anyone with trauma is working on it, I think the, sometimes the best you can hope for is that the, the good feelings last a little bit longer and longer as you like the crazy comes but it's a little bit shorter each time and with the comedy the people that hear something they'll think to themselves like i've been through that and i've been through that and even worse and if I, if they can do it i can do it i heard i i you know i've heard tiffany haddish's comedy and putting her comedy aside yeah her story about you know living in foster care and you know coming out of that and being homeless on the street i'm like okay i can relate to that and, yeah. you know, I lived in foster care. Well, she, if she could, you know, talk about it up there, then I can talk about what I what happened with me. And yeah. and then it makes just one more person feel a little bit better about themselves. Well, because, absolutely. Because, yeah, uh, if they can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And then so someone sees you who's gone through something similar. They go like, well, she's doing OK. Or if somebody thinks like, you know, there, there's been so many uh, women and men that have been victims of sexual abuse yeah rape molestation um from from siblings to uncles to neighbors to babysitters yeah you name it it's the truth is 
everybody's got their story. That's not saying everybody's been been hurt Molested, that way. But it's like everybody has their individual. But everybody's trauma. had like that side eye look or that uncomfortable feeling that they know that something could go wrong somewhere, and they somehow they're they're safe. Yeah, because it's so abundant. And the problem is, is that there's so much shame, even for me, in putting it on myself. I'm like, I don't want to be the cult girl because, and everybody's gonna want to know. Well, did I, you know, did you have? And you're like, sex? I but don't want to. I'm like, yes, we did. It didn't traumatize me. The truth of it is, is that he smelled like grass from like the the yard. He, you know, he was too tan and and smelled like you know polo. It all I could think about was the curtains, and I was actually fine. And 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 done and and that was not the most traumatic thing that had ever happened to me i think emotional trauma is that that he did to me the prophet and the people around the prophet was so much bigger than the sexual abuse that happened yeah yeah from him and from the women in the group who were teaching me yeah so i blame them just as much too and i don't did they go to prison as well they did good and yeah her name's sharon cap um you can look her up she's in utah and she did go to prison and she was responsible for teaching all of the young women how to all be, to do the sexual way of life. And it was because of her that I did end up, you know, being raped by the prophet because she let me know I was ready and tried to, you know, and set it and put it on my schedule. So it's her fault that what happened. Sharon Cap is her name. And Rod <laughs> you know, in hell, Sharon. Yeah. And, and, and I hope that life has taught, her something different and better yeah the the thing is that i don't understand is how people can get hurt like that and then how they can repeat it on other people yeah because that didn't happen to me i get that i have that empathy and that compassion where it's like ow i don't want to hurt anybody well my only my only thought is which is almost like which is really sad is just like the idea that someone genuinely thought like she was so brainwashed. Yeah, that's. I guess that's my way of trying to have empathy towards someone like that. Is you that have she to. She genuinely, really thought that's what she needed to do, and that she was helping you, which yeah. is fucked up. It it is. But when people are brainwashed, they truly are. They're brainwashed. It, it, it's not like oh, I just think that I kind of have the opinion that I think it's like this, but I'm thinking clearly. It's like no, they're completely in, and there's a when you have a fear of. Something that you can't see or feel, which is heaven or hell, yeah, or angels or spirits when or you devils or God. Fear that wrath, yeah. That's I even talk about that like now with actually on the episode I released with uh, recently with this guy Mike Eshak, just the the fact that people can't have empathy toward like really super conservative Christian types that I'm mm-hmm. like, I and granted there's so many things that I'm like come the fuck <laughs> on, but but trying to remember that like this like pro-life shit yeah i'm pro-choice right but i'm like these pro-life people really are afraid of god they like, really and are they're like if you murder them we're all gonna get the wrath and well like, people wouldn't be flying airplanes into buildings if they didn't have complete and a hundred percent faith that what they've been taught by somebody that they trusted yeah was telling them the truth yeah, and even if that's wrong, it's like they truly believe. Yeah, and I see that behavior today on Facebook. Like, I have a friend, and she was on my Facebook, and today I was, look, like, looking at her thing, and she was going on and on about, um, it doesn't even matter which race it was, because I'm not going to put a highlight on that, but yeah. it was a different race, and people that are, and, and putting them in as a group, uh, and I was like, it's not, a, it, it, could you start looking at individuals here? Yeah. Individuals that are suffering in this moment, and, and, and they're happening, 
And what you are is a very strong Christian woman putting all your beliefs all over Facebook and Jesus posts. And I think, and I appreciate that, but you have so much faith. Can't you understand why they have so much faith? Yeah. You're sitting there saying how dangerous they are and how that they did that they would come over and kill us. Yet, if I was them, I'd be scared to come over to America and be anywhere near you. Yeah, it's like they probably... This is scary. Yeah, it's like... By the way, the U.S. has been dropping bombs over there for how many, like, decades? Yeah. And it's like, they're terrified, too. You know what I mean? And I, it's scary. We are not a, a sane, simple, easy nation like we like I thought no, we well, were. I mean, know. we're all, in a way, even if you go to just regular public school, I mean we're brainwashed yeah absolutely like america's the greatest and just like that we pledge allegiance to a flag i didn't even think about all of that stuff until like much later because i didn't go to school so i wasn't yeah. playing it but how even in the court system there's like in god we trust above like everything it's like wait so if you don't believe in any of that and you're putting your hand on a bible and it's like just it's a system that the entire all of america is like under it's kind of like we're under like this whole Christian. We have to be a Christian religion. Yeah, it was founded on like religious freedom, but then it's like one nation under God. And it's like, wait, and I appreciate religions that are set up in ways trying to really truly help other people and not just be about themselves. There's some, I mean, the core values of most major religions are yeah. good. I yeah. mean, like when you separate all the rules and the weird bullshit and the don't do this, but just like love mm -hmm. one another. Yeah. Treat, your neighbor the way you want to be treated you know what exactly. i mean love your enemy but yeah. then there's so much fucking extra shit yeah. people pile on there's always the pile of everything yeah for sure when when the cult was first broken up was that like upsetting to you because like you were i was a little scared but i also thought into it well i thought that the prophet was for sure going to be able to break out <laughs> you know i mean obviously i mean because underneath well, the world there was gonna is end. A, it is a man with six pack. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. He just needed to God will know. free him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, I was already out in foster care and I had no way to um, be around any of it. I was like You're closely guarded by um, social workers and everybody that there was zero contact for me. So they I was scooped a, everyone who. Yeah, I was. A, out and they're like, get them. Well, and especially for me because I was a child of the state. So at that oh. at that point you had already been a foster care kid anyway yeah so because like, nobody Whoops. knew where my real parents are and then they find this they're like breaking down this place and then wait your parents are who and wait you come from where and you're and they're like we put her here wait a minute <laughs> yeah get this kid back to new mexico and let's figure out who she is or you don't you have the social you didn't go to school oh, oh. Ever like yeah. you? Okay, so did you, you didn't go to a doctor? You didn't go to schools? Do you have a birth certificate? What's your wait? What's your name? No, your real name. <laughs> like yeah, you know, and you're like, how uh, old are you? I'm like, uh, I mean, everything was. Like, I wow. don't know. And wow, wow, wow. Was there anything when you were kind of flung back into society that was like really shocking to you, or like stuff you had really a lot of trouble with adjust adjusting with? Um, I have had a real problem just adjusting with just the basic um school. I, I had a really hard time in school. Yeah. I, I did not know what the fuck was up on that board. I was like, wait, what is so, going oh, on? Oh, did they like one put you immediately it, into I, like whatever? Yeah, I was put into, grade. I was a, put into junior high school. So I was a junior in high school. Oh my God. And you had had no. And I had to show up like in the green foster care bus and with the side state sticker on it and get out of the bus and with all the, uh, you know, other kids that were, you know, like rejects and all of 
You're we're like just, just all the kids hi it's just us poor, and um that poor bus i know and i had like such a crush on this guy and i was just like oh you know like and so it was just like all like i know no and i would go and try to talk on. to him like do you think that maybe we could like um you know study together and he's like you wouldn't get it anyway ha ha loose you know skate off like i'm just Dude, like years so out. later he was like oh she would have hooked up with me Oh God! Like now he, they're like, hey, the regret he has. They're like so many men that it's like she was flirting with me. In yeah, you're like, yeah. If fucking if idiot. if you make it at all in anything, like you know, when I when I did my movie, it was so funny. The people that came out of the woodwork of like, you know, I used to date her. It's like, no, you took me to All Steps and bought me a burrito once when we were in, you know. You're high like, school it's a real liberal term. yeah just because i gave you a blowjob does not mean that we that were has dating nothing to do with you that, those were old values that i had carried yes over. yes did you um on that note like did you continue to be like like pretty like sexually promiscuous do you think that like, i was fed into that probably because well, that's what you were taught in your head i actually went back into like i'm a virgin mode but i was uh then I, it kind of less quickly escalated from like within one year I went from being um I'm starting over. Yeah. Going into school into um you know running away, not knowing what to do, starting stripping. Yeah. So I started doing cocaine, which I thought I had found my bliss. I had watched that movie less than zero and I felt my <laughs> destiny was like just going to be just like that and Oh god. You know, <laughs> like this is it. This is it. This, this is, is my life. Happens. It's so dramatic. I'm going to die in the back of a limousine. And, you know, that's rented for 150 a night. And I'm like, going to be so glamorous it. and everyone's going to care because nobody knows me. Oh, <laughs> gosh. It's a lonely. It was really lonely. And yeah. I lived in a big fantasy land. Like, someday I'm going to be famous and live in L.A. and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, it took a long time for me to actually stop and say, OK, what what do I really want? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And what am I capable of doing and I learned, you know, along the way that I'm capable of sharing my story without having um, I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm capable of sharing it, basically. Yeah. And a lot well, of people not can't everybody, say that, you know. Yeah. No, I, well, I think that's an important skill that like you either were able to process it as it happened or have healed from it enough that you're able to share that story because which helps people and a lot of people who have similar stories you're the people they're helping because they they yeah. can't share their story. And that's why I want to do this, you know, do this comedy special that I'm working on. It's a cult comedy special. It's cult classic. Yeah. A cult classic, <laughs> a cult following is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, to try to like show that it doesn't matter what the trauma is like that. We can laugh at any of it. You can get through it. You can laugh at it. You can yeah. find funny in the, you, and that you can find the, the funny things. in it and, and connect that way because, I connected really easily, you know, with others once I got out of the group and stumbled in through the foster care system with not making friends. I instantly um, from there, I was like, I don't want this. And I learned how to be popular just by watching and studying. Yeah, because I'd been watching and studying and being quiet in the group the for time. for years. Like we were. That's what we did. So I would go to the high school. So who's the top of the pecking order? And I met this girl. You're like I was groomed to learn how to get people yes. to like me. That's the one. Yes. Would you say that that's almost like in a weird silver lining way, like a gift you got out of that? In Absolutely. A, way, a way to like get, get along with people. For sure. And I think that it's actually a gift that's that's carried over into so many other things in my life in a good way. For example, my my marriage today. I, I'm so <laughs> happily married 
and how long um almost 10 years <gasps> oh yeah. my god that's amazing and he's you know and he's even happily married <laughs> like imagine that Hello. like both of us yeah but he's um you know knowing where i came from it, he's kind of like designed things in ways where my life is just so opposite of how it ever could have been or was supposed to be he that like takes that into account really heavily. yeah <sighs> it's those little things i like i don't do dishes I don't think about it. I just put the dish in the sink and they're done, you know, and by four o'clock, the second he walks in the door, he, he does them. Wow. You know? And when I say walk in the door, because he goes to work. Yeah. And he's not, he knows that certain things that are really small that c- can become very big Trigger, for me. Triggers for you and stuff? Yeah. Like a- I can I can get scared of little things like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go up on stage, you know, at the comedy store in this little small room. But you know, I will go to Las Vegas and I'll stand in a room half naked, you know, <laughs> wasted and, you know, with an eight ball in my G string <laughs> and, you know, spray tan in front of like thousands in yeah, Vegas. But, uh, but share my story. Yeah. I mean, cause I, you know, cause I was Honest- a showgirl in Vegas and I would do huge shows. I was on 45 billboards for, you know, I was a dancer. Honestly, the smaller the group, the scarier it is, I think. Yeah. I mean, even with comedy. Yeah. So Cause I, it's like, if three people don't like me, that's half this room. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Or and like if, if three, three people don't like you, then the whole, the it's like the whole vibe is down. It's like, you're having a conversation with the room. It's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. But if three people like hate my comedy in a room of a thousand, well, I just lost those three people. A big fucking. Right. Life. Yeah. Wow. Do you find, uh, do you find you have like, triggers you're unaware of do you ever get like oh just yeah emotionally overwhelmed and you're like i don't know my what husband is. will come up to me and he'll say and i get i do get annoyed at this because he's like i just want you to know that you're a little bit in your ptsd right now sweetheart and i'm like shut the fuck up no i'm not nobody <laughs> wants to hear that when they're in it either i'm like i am not give me focal chocolate now you know i'm like, not and you break something you know put the knife down <laughs> yeah well have you had to with him and i'm a little bit asking this selfishly like for my own personal because he's I'm seen, like, he has seen more crazy than i would like to admit that he has seen have you was when you guys got together and just in general is he from like a pretty stable oh so stable as a matter of fact the first time i went to his house to see to meet um his parents i walked in and it was a big beautiful like like mansion home at the top of encino hills like yeah. you know michael jackson was a neighbor kid that they played with you know and i walked in and i like looked around and there's they like weren't the neighbor kids he yeah, there's like pillars and like stairs and a pool back there and i'm just and his mom and dad walk out and his mom's wearing makeup and she's beautiful and his dad's like a businessman lawyer and i'm like you you grew up here like this is your life for real and it was i just and i just like looked around and then um a maid walked by with their laundry and I just started crying. Oh my I was God. because I was like, I thought that people only live like this in the movies. Like I did not know that people could actually have a functioning that you like could just be life. a casual human. And like, this is how you grew up. And what's worse is this is 10 years later, married to him and his family is still functioning normally. And, so and the only craziness is me. And, and yes, he's very stable and he's very like, were you in your head about that at first? Oh, I thought he was the most boring person ever. And I didn't want to like, I just want, I, I was like, I need something did, bigger and crazier. Yeah. Did you ever get, I'm literally just drilling you because about oh, my own fine. insecurities, but like, did you ever get like, feel like a little insecure 
that he was so stable that you because I get like yeah with my boyfriend I feel like I'm like I'm gonna be you're gonna get sick of this you're gonna they and then then they and I thought they will definitely get sick of it so I've got to hang on to my pretty as long as I can is what I would think yeah I mean and that's a scary thought I've got to hang on to my pretty and then if I don't if I run out of the pretty then if I better hurry up and have the success <laughs> yeah it's like if I'm not giving you the thing that you wanted me yeah. originally for you're gonna not want me yeah because the truth of the matter is is we're not like these you know dream girls in real life I'm, I yeah. don't want to have sex every day I mean or, no one or is. most days you know I mean, or like I, it's like life is just crazy you know to, especially trying to do anything creative it's exhausting you're like I, <sighs> I know and it's not like this glamorous, like beautiful thing either. It's like being married 10 years. It's like, I have an ingrown hair here. Grab it. You know, tweezers <laughs> and bending over. It's on my butt. You know, like you just really get to see who the person is. But oh, yeah, yeah, the glamour is definitely, gl- definitely gone. Except lately he's been like, you know, losing weight and like went and got out a new sports car and he's looking go- really good. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, it's just the midlife crisis. They all go <laughs> You're like, have fun, honey. Have fun. You'll be back. They always come back. They all come back. But it is. Right, Dad, where are you? Yeah. Um, did you, with your PTSD, did you have to like educate him a little on like how to help you deal with that? Or My therapist did. I took him to therapy with me. Re- oot, with yeah, you. I took, you have to do that because if I'm telling him something, it's just a crazy person telling him something. As far as he's concerned, he knows better because he was raised differently. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with him being right or wrong. It's like he just doesn't understand. And if I really want somebody to understand who I am, they need to know like certain things are going to really trigger me. And there's if someone touches my neck. Oh, yeah. For example, if you touch my neck in any way uh, like for a massage or anything, I will like I, I like and I back up because I just like I, I try to catch my breath. I can't catch my breath. And it's like that's a trigger. Yeah. Or oh, wow. certain songs and sense probably I imagine. Sense. Yeah. Because oh, I just with my boyfriend, he he's seen me have some meltdowns and he's like, I don't know. What, I want to help you. And they I can't don't know. What can I do? And yeah, you just have to be like nothing and then when they're then when they do help you it's the wrong way anyway so oh yeah because you're just and my husband he does help me which is even more annoying like i'm not going to fight with you you're having a ptsd moment and i understand it and i'm like shut the fuck up you don't know what you know then i go even crazier because i'm like, is like how can you be so happen. sane it is so annoying yeah no what well, it is how do people get that way <laughs> it is shocking to me that i because like if you're someone who has ptsd and you have these like random triggers or you suddenly just get even just the emotional overwhelm. You need somebody else to be able to see them when you can't. That's too, yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, and that's why for me, I started to going to therapy, and I took him to therapy with me because I wanted her to tell him that I'm crazy, but that what, but not in a bad way of of a look. This is what's really going on with Amber psychologically because yeah. she was abandoned at this age, and because she has she has no you know. For me, like I would have like different values. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah committed to like oh a, mar- a monogamous marriage wasn't my ideal i was yeah, like that's not what you were <laughs> what are you for? talking about one person like, no who does don't? that yeah I'm, you're like i was lit- i'm literally from a polygamist you do un- have you met my parents all of them right <laughs> like, yeah like just the whole group yeah has he he, <laughs> he has he met my mom um, did you reconnect with your mom uh i, I did i all of them yeah oh all the women the, well my real mom the- the bi- okay. the bank robber yes yes she got out um she did get out she was only in there for about eight years okay um and then they let her out and 
she says that she came to look for me. I don't think that she did. That's not, that's tough because it's like, well, you want to believe an, things. That's an easy out too because it's like, oh, because how could she have found you? But also, I know because I was like living in a different off state the grid, and everything, not but, going to school. But it's also like, why would why now would you? Well, yeah, but I still found her when I instead of her finding me. So you know, you're like, it seems like you looked really hard. Parents are hard. I know. It, it's hard to be a parent. I know that. I mean, I'm a parent. Well, I mean, just I like, have a daughter too, and today is her birthday, and. It's, you know, oh, happy parenting's birthday. not easy. No, but it's, did becoming a parent, was that scary for you because you felt like you didn't have the right tools? I anything? was not scared enough. That's the problem. <laughs> because that, yeah, wow. Oh, I was not so scared funny. enough. And you're like, it'll be great. Yeah. And I had been taught that if I had an abortion, I would go to hell. Um, so you're like, I guess I'm becoming a parent. Well, great. I guess it's, I'm going to be a mom now. But I wanted to like connect with my own blood too. Yeah. And I wanted to just, like have my own family and somebody that looks like me. And, you know, like I had blonde sisters and I had not met my biological brother, which I have a biological brother from my real mom that oh, I wow. met later on. Yeah. And I, I had never seen my own blood before. And so I wanted to just I wanted to connect kind of like Clan of the Cave Bear. You know, I want my yeah. my people. I think everyone has a little bit of that desire yeah. to go like, if nothing else i just want to look at someone and be like okay that's where i came from. i mean it was so hard being so gorgeous among these people and then you're like i'm obviously <laughs> not related to any of you i'm obviously evolved and belong somewhere else you're all inbred <laughs> yes of course you're all inbred all I'm of you ascended. all of you and the thing too though is that i want to make clear is there are people in this group and the, that have been involved in the group and that are out of the group and like including my mother and my parents that ev- even though they were kicked out of the group that i love these people i was gonna ask do you have like resentments or do you i do have resentments and and but i also uh love them and yeah. the hardest part is is loving them and seeing them as as just being just really truly broken people because it makes me angry that broken people react and act out in the ways that they do and hurt other people. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people is a stupid sentence, but it's fu- it, it is and it you know I've I've caught myself you know the, how I would how I reacted is I used to just treat men really badly. Oh, like fuck you! Oh, I was the one that was like, you know, the men would come and I would be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, I was. I would fucked. play like the dude. I was like, like the guy, and I would, yeah. you know, string him along and and lie to him and use him and manipulate. I mean, I, come on, I learned how to do it from in the cult, trying to get you know with the prophet when I was still a kid. <laughs> you know, you're like I've been. I've, I've been ambitious a, from a, I've been a very young. For, I've young a lot age. of experience. Yes. Is there anything that you? Um, noticed uh later in life that you had like taken with you like values or something that later you're like oh that's not yeah you took from the cult that you later were like oh, like that the men are supposed to take care of the women oh that's a huge one that's just a a big american yeah and it's like that the men are the masculine they're supposed to take care of women women are supposed to be like the homemakers and you know soft and pretty and feminine and sweet and Which is even so funny, too, because, like, there's times when I'm, like, running around or doing mics and stuff, and you know how it is. You put on a baseball cap and some sweats, and you run, and you, you go. Just fucking go, yeah. And we all look like lesbians. Yes. <laughs> and, so everyone has a joke about yeah. it. So I'll stop, and I'll, like, look in the mirror, and I'm like, I look so masculine, and that's a trigger, because it's like, oh, I better hurry and put something feminine on, you know, like. I can't be like this. I need to look very, like, a girl, like a woman. And it's like, that's an old trigger. I, yeah. I, I don't 
I don't want to look like that. I would want to wear something You're like, I be pretty and lacy. I want to wear like a baseball cap and some sweats and tennis shoes and go and do my mic, see if it works, and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's so interesting. Yeah. And so other little things like, you know, look, looking a certain way when you leave the house. You know, I it took me a really long time to let go of appearance. And I, yeah. I, when I say let go, I'm saying it very loosely. I'm, I'm like, struggling. I'm, still, I'm hanging on and struggling. Well, and you know, like, LA is the hardest place to let go of because you can go like, oh. I don't even care, and then you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, What's that? Yeah. Or when you're I, like, Everyone is getting Botox except me. Or you can like not even care. I'll, I'll like hibernate and stay home and work really hard on a project online, and I'll talk to my friends on the phone and stuff. And I think I'm social. I'm not. And then I'll, I'll go back out and I'll be like, Everybody fucking looks so good. Like, what? What am I doing? I, I thought we were I gained relaxing. a little bit of weight, and we're all the same age here, right, guys? Like, what? What's going like, on? What's happening? What? Why is everybody look so fresh? Yeah, well, in LA, it's such. It's just heightened. I always say that if I lived anywhere else, I'd probably be twenty pounds heavier and not even think about it. Oh, it, and it'd be so great. Yeah, like, you'd be happy. I would have gray hair for sure. Ah, uh, long gray hair. Just long hippie just, gray. Yeah, just hippie long gray hair, and just be barefoot and just long. Ma, I would love. The only thing that keeps me from regularly being barefoot is that I don't want someone to think it's my brand. Like, I love not wearing shoes. I'm barefoot all the time, though, but because of my pool. Yeah, I mean, I would just... I think barefoot is a good brand, though, because there's been no other comics in a while that have done that. There was comics back in... Who did that before? I don't know. I feel like somebody has, maybe. But who is the dude that takes has his shirt off and everything? Oh, Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just, it's this, It's going back to like, you don't want to be the polygamous girl. I don't want to be the barefoot lady. But then maybe and you don't want to be, but barefoot you don't want to be the waffle house girl either. Yeah. It's like, maybe at some point you got to go like, maybe I just have to be. You don't want to be the girl that has any kind of like, you know, mental, mental problems. Health, but it's. Or you don't want to be the girl that's, uh, you know, has a boyfriend or doesn't have a boyfriend or this yeah. or that. Or it's like. But then with entertainment, you almost have to be, it feels like you have to be like, I'm just going to go in the box for now and let you call me that yeah. and then hope that gets me to where I have control enough to, I'm just realizing this out loud. Like, oh no, maybe I just need to bite the bullet and fucking lean well, into one of the Well, the thing is, is I don't want to sit and talk about this um, comedy or the cult stuff, cult comedy constantly. Um, the reason that I want to do this as a comedy special first, as my first comedy special like is because through. I want to say... Look, it's done. I did that. I talked about it. I've shared it and it's there. It's right there. Go watch that. Is there a part of you that's like looking forward to like never talking about absolutely. it? Absolutely. You want to go, I did the special. I'm done. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to bring this yeah. back up. That makes sense. Because there's people that are like, like uh, Joaquin Phoenix. He's, uh, you know, raised in, he was raised in a cult too. Yeah. And, but you know, he, I didn't they, know that. I just said, yeah, yeah like but I their family, <laughs> they, t they talked about it publicly and he's still doing his little things. Like, uh, you know, he did his little vegan thing at the golden globes and yeah, yeah. he does his little things because he's doing it for a smaller amount, but he was raised in a cult and that's the way he is the way he is too. Yeah. So I would let, I just don't want to be branded as like, that's the girl that's kind of crazy. And she has all these sad, traumatic stories and See. You know how it is when you have the person that is like sad all the time. You don't want to ever call them. You don't want to go watch their dumb comedy talking about their dumb shit. I don't want to see all your <laughs> boohoo. I've heard all your problems already, and da, da, da. yeah, where you're like, I want to be able to just move into silly and like, I, and and not where have it be all about like, <gasps> oh my god, so deep. I yeah. don't want it to have to be so deep all the it's time. Like I want to be a clown. <laughs> yeah, I want to get up on the stage and have some fun and do really silly, funny jokes, and you know. 
Lisa Sunstead, who is, is a, another great comic. Yeah, she's, she's been on the show before. Okay, so she's got a really funny joke that she uh, used to do a whole lot where it's just so st- stupid. It's funny where she just was like, I'm not wearing any um, panties. And then she pulls up her dress and she has on spanks underneath. She's like, I'm wearing these. And she yeah. just stands there with this funny face and the way that their spanks are all like out of place and stuff. It's just, it's so a great. forever laugh with me. Like, yeah. And, and I learned just so much. Bit. I learned so much just from that, that it had nothing to do with any other trauma. It had nothing to do with anything weird. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with anything. And it made me laugh. And that's the kind of stuff I want to get to. Yeah. But I have to earn my way there by saying, here's this because you have to get the thing that makes people pay attention so that you then have the audience. I have to, everybody has to have a gimmick. I know. I'm, and if your gimmick is polygamy, it's not your choice. Yeah. Or Waffle House. That's not your yeah, choice, and but that's what we've got. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the same boat right now of like, I guess I'm just going to lean into those stories. And Tiffany Haddish, I mean, sure didn't, she didn't want to be a, you know, a foster kid with yeah. a m- mom that's mentally ill. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and well, no, we didn't actually want it either. And so now yeah. I don't want the material, but what can you do? Yeah. And then you look at some, but then there are the other comics that are doing things and I see them do it and I feel like you're cheating because you're not talking about the real deep, deep, deep truth. You're yeah, making that funny. What are you doing? Winnie Cummings talking about just dating? What? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> or, you know, why can't Eliza, I do that? Eliza, like, like, we're talking about dating and stuff. Let's talk you're about, talking about how crazy girls are. You're like, who you hurt know, you? Yeah. Tell me who hurt you. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Why you get, are you like that? Why yeah. do you need a dog? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want to end and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. But yeah. I already have my jokes set up and it's going to be a lot about my husband, about having you know, sex with my husband when we're trying to get the dogs out of the bed and just silliness. Just fun, silly. Because I want to... Relatable. Because sh- it's that time in life for me. I, I've been through so much of the trauma and I I hid that as an identity for so long too when yeah. I was in foster care. People didn't all know unless... Because like, you don't want people to... Yeah. And when I first came to LA for years, nobody knew anything until much later, I finally went and did Good Morning America because they found me. Oh, and um, were you trying to not be found? Yeah, I didn't. Well, it was when the prophet died. It was on the oh, news and then they tracked me down. ish probably. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was it just you. Did they track down some uh, a couple other girls? No, he went to prison in the 90s, but he didn't die until just a few years. Oh, back, yeah, like yeah. Five yeah. Or six years ago. Oh, OK. Yeah. And that's what I. Yeah. OK. Because I was a girl that was on the paper that had, you know, I had called social services on and shut the group down. So it was because of me that that everything started to unravel and the group fell apart Whoa. because of me and my big mouth. Ah! You just had to go spouting <laughs> yeah. off. I just had to go thoughts. talking and yapping my mouth and you know, Oh man, I have two more questions on that note. Okay. You said you have a daughter. Yes. Were you worried when you f- first found out you were having a daughter that the things that had been kind of like indoctrinated or like, like the ideals for women that had been put into you, you were going to like accidentally, put too much pressure on the wrong things for her no i actually thought that i was like a saint of a parent <laughs> and, and i know You're i like, wasn't well, you know like <laughs> i mean like i know what but yeah you could ask her looks like yeah you so could ask that. you could ask her and she'd be like fuck you mom you were no saint but um yeah she's uh you know i mean she's she's a good girl yeah she turned out yeah you're like <laughs> and then um I'm going to ask you a question and I also want to know how many times people ask you this, but have you watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I have. And I think it's, it's funny. And I think that that's just goes to show that you can make fun of funny things because my gosh, she's like locked in a bunker with these women 
by this madman. Did you identify with that at all? I did. I actually did a little video that said, who's the real Kimmy Schmidt? Me. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I am the real Kimmy Schmidt because they put me in the middle of like, OK, here's life. There you go. And that's just what your was bunker like. was just a cul-de-sac. Nobody else came to. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. But certain things would happen in life that I'm just like, I have to sit and listen and be quiet just to try to figure it out as I'm going along. Like people went to the moon. What do you mean? Like, You're like what is this a metaphor? OK, so what do you mean? So Arvin's not the president of the United States. There's a different president. That's and it's like little. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, you just anything you know so a lot of like listening so that you don't the basics basic things from life and what is a republican and what is a democrat i learned wow. those things so late you know and, and uh, do you just kind of did you just kind of accept like there's just gonna be shit i don't know i'm just gonna ask and deal with it or do, were you like let me just not let anyone i actually learned in. i actually learned earlier on with even the dancing and, and stuff that the stupider i acted the more i got Oh, yeah, because people just and also like as an attractive woman, Mm -hmm. it's a card you can play. It was a card that I would play and it was and it and it worked to my advantage because I I was um, I was traumatized and I used what I knew how to use. And that was the seduction. And so, I mean, I would have, you know, relationships and with and at first it was like just with, you know, I went from having crazy relationships. I mean, I would date the most insane people and think it was normal i mean i dated mike tyson you know what i mean jesus yeah, i mean Christ. hey i know can you imagine what the cult would have thought of that i mean <laughs> they would have looked down upon that if i can go from one extreme to the next that's me you know like hey let's try this out that looks like fun let's just do the exact opposite yeah i mean I'm, that sounds like it's the exact opposite of arvin exactly it was and it's <laughs> so it's just me like you know trying everything wrong until now, I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I'm starting to get things more right. Yeah. But then I'm starting freeing. to get so comfortable that I'm like, I don't want to leave the house and do anything now. Why does it, you know, because like. You know what, though? It's like part of me because I'll get like that, too. And then and it's like, oh, where did I, I used to be so social. But then part yeah. of me is like. And ambitious. Yeah. But you know what? It's like if you spend so much time feeling traumatized and alone and we're kind of like just like didn't feel safe for so long yeah i get why when you finally feel secure you'd be like i'm just gonna stay here you can feel really lonely even in a room full of people yeah and i can actually feel more lonely in a room full of people than i can when i'm at home safe with my my dogs or you know my intent or project that i'm working on without having to worry about their energy or what these other people are doing yeah so true but i do feel like that there, there definitely were some positives coming out of um the bad things and the other thing that i learned earlier on um because the, you know those things happened to me in the group that it, and it wasn't like i wasn't like like thrown down and raped and beat up it was like a horrible thing okay it was a horrible thing but it wasn't like it wasn't like that wasn't the situation right it was like a it, it was horrible in other ways but i was not like you know bruised and hospitalized type of thing it wasn't physically violent no not at all and and this old man had like a one he had a one inch penis and that's probably why he did what he did it's like he was it was just a horrible thing Ugh. in every single way but it wasn't one that i was like it's not something i couldn't get over and i knew that right away yeah like i'll be but I will it gave get me this. enough of like that dangerous kind of like a, a tweak in my mind that i've always kept i've kept myself out of situations just by instinct so many times that i've had friends around me um that have died i've had friends around me that have overdosed i've had friends around me that have 
killed themselves. Yeah. Like, and this is all just like so one person away. And there's been situations where I've just manipulated my way out because I, I can feel you just like something's not right because I've always been so on it, like watching to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. So when everybody else is having a good time about what's going on, my other part is like, look, what's, where's the door? Who's here? Who's saying what? Who's getting contentious? Hypervigilant. Yeah. 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 And then you could all, I could also tell with uh, anger when it would get to a certain point, even just with my parents, when, when you know the dangers in the room. Yeah, yeah. When everybody else is like, oh, they're just screwing around or somebody's making loud noises. It's like, I would. And you're like, no, this yeah, is bad. And I've, yeah. And I've left and I've saved my life over and over again. That way. That's a skill that you've got. Like, Absolutely. And, I, and I can walk outside right now and, and, you know, something happened. But for up to this point, I really feel like that's kept me safe, even through the dancing and the lifestyle that I lived was really not one, you know, of safety and, oh, and, sure. dancing and is you know, very dangerous. being a, you know, string out drug addict dancer is, you know, traveling around, um, you know, in some of the like the biggest uh, strip clubs in America, you know, yeah. and you know, for those of you who live in other countries or whatever, like there's some strip clubs here that are like very um, high end gentlemen's clubs, like in Vegas that are just like multi-million dollar clubs. The stages yes. are just like, you know, and you get this facade and this feeling that you're a star when you're not. So yeah. I had like this false like feeling false. too, like, like from the time I was a kid in the lingerie shows, I thought I'm a star for this person because if they like my show, they're going to come and join us and we're going to go to heaven. Yeah. And then when I'm older, I'm like, great, they're going to like this. And we're going to go to our VIP. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm going to get more money. Exactly. Get me into heaven. Yeah. And then I have to take that skill and all that's what I'd had and put it in my pocket and put it away and take that confidence that I had with that and say, OK, now how can I do this just with talking? Yeah. How do and I jokes this? and and just using you know use what you've got use what i've got without using what i've got but not all of what i got use the other things i got use the other part of what i've got from having what i got yeah (laughs) wow but then there's this other thing too like it's weird like i said this at an open mic once and i think it was just because i was surrounded by comedians but i was like what (laughs) is it about being traumatized that makes us want to be famous (laughs) i mean truly (laughs) And then it's like, now will you love me? Only comedians got it. They were like, wait, what? Because it's like a whole bunch of people that just want to. They just it's not just even having famous. They want to make big audiences laugh with them and have fun and connect on a bigger level. They want to feel a pile of love. coming. Yes. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like the a giant hug from an audience all loving you. Yeah. And where you can walk off a stage and you can like hold your heart and feel like whatever higher power there is if there's a god you know the universe if there is such a thing as god outside of the cult (laughs) you know then i want to feel it and so that's why i'm going after the things that i am no that like zen feeling when you really connect on a set and it's just like yeah so if you want to connect with me if you want to connect with me go to amber dot don d-a-w-n dot lee at yeah instagram or wherever else (laughs) yes um no that's great and is there any Anything else you want to plug or any thoughts or... Oh, I have so many projects that I'm working on and they're, you know, all of them are various stages of development. I think that I'm at the stage now too where I'm like starting to attach different people to different projects because I've gone as far as I can go with certain things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then again, this the main thing I'm focused on is this cult comedy special. Yes. I hope that you, you've you've read it. And I read, yeah, yeah, and I'm 
I'm so yeah. excited for it. Do you have a timeline or are you just seeing when it feels right? Um, I, or an ideal, like hopefully. Recording? I had an ideal of about like, you know, six, six to seven months. And that's just after seeing Angelina's. Yeah. So, I mean, if you put in the work that what she took and then made into her special, it was like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. And so, watching how she worked was very helpful for me, too. Yeah. It, and me, too. And then seeing that that she didn't beat herself up over like being exactly perfect and which made it perfect. Yeah. You just go out like you end up, I have the material. I go out, have fun. If I miss a joke, I miss a joke. If I miss a joke, then you go back and you say it the next time around. Yeah. Cause you're recording. And, you, and then if you miss it the next time, they're like, okay, stop, say this joke and they say it and it's there. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's how, like, and I put so much pressure on too. Like, okay, I've got to have like this and I've got to have that. And then I get into those what are other people going to think? Are they going to think I've been in comedy long enough? Or are they going to think I'm throwing my trauma onto them? It's also just like, and I hate that. It's like, you got to yeah. forget about at some point when you know, like you're creating something and it's, it just feels right. And it's what mm-hmm. you're meant to be creating. You have to remember it's for that one person yeah. that needs to hear it. That one person yeah. that could be on their way out. You never know. Yeah. And they needed Put to hear that one little on. thing. Don't worry about what other people in your profession are going to say. Or and think. haters are also fans. If they have the time to comment on anything that you're doing. They're coming to see it. They're a fan. Oh, especially <laughs> people who are recurring. You're like. They're well, back again point, to complain more. Yeah. 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 You know me well enough now. You know. <laughs> yeah, you just you keep mentioned an old bit. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> exactly. Well, I'm very excited for it. Thank you for letting Thank me you. pick your brain on the thing that you're probably so fucking tired of. Um, um you know, well, I th- I'm I'm not tired of it right now. Right now I'm in that state of like let's get excited about it. Let's laugh about it. about it. Yeah, let's laugh our asses off about it and let's make fun of it and then we can all just, you know, hug each other and heal from it. Let me get a Netflix special and then go on to the next thing which will have to do with, you know, sillier things a lighter on a lighter side husband yeah Um, a lighter side of of things amazing well everyone go follow amber donley at amber dot don dot lee yeah or you know just if you just go to go into google and look up amber donley instagram and whatever i'll come up find her follow her all the follows help by the way don't get lazy on following people because the industry looks at that shit they do and it's it's like it's annoying. there's nothing worse than a youtuber to make you feel bad with all their followers they're like Bleh. and you're like why who is watching this i know stop uh, yes. anyway thank you for doing this with well me. thank you so much for having me this is a great podcast thank you guys for listening and uh she's just as peppy and fun in person as she is up on the stage so keep watching her <laughs> bye